Today on Locked On Red Wings, can Jake Wallman prove that 2023 wasn't a fluke? Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the daily J-A-W-W-J News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's a host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today, guys, offseason continues pretty slow. We're going to continue our player previews for the 2024 season. And the big headliner in this episode is Jake Wolman. He ended up playing 63 games with the Detroit Red Wings this last season and was like lights out. He was fantastic alongside more cider. And then we're also going to talk about Alex Lyon, the second of to the two goalies that Detroit Red picked up this off season and where he might fit in the grand scheme, as well as David Perron, another year older than he's going to be, but age 35 season. Well, I'll double check that before we get to his conversation, but can his production remain? He hasn't fallen off yet. He's been con- incredibly consistent his entire career. Can he do it again? That's going to be the target of conver- conversation with him, but Scotty first, how you doing? Happy Monday. Yeah, man, it's, uh, I'm doing all right. A pretty pretty solid weekend, I'd uh, I'd say. How about you? Pretty good. Just got back from a camping trip, in fact, with a couple of my friends, and uh, got to hand out some, you know, groomsmen invites. Oh, fun! Yeah, so getting to be that time, baby. It's getting to be that time. Still over a year away, but we're getting out ahead of it with that. But also getting to be that time. And also getting to be that time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's get into the conversation. Jake Wolman. Uh, he had 63 games pe- played this past year with the Detroit Red Wings, and he was absolutely fantastic. 18 points in that span, nine goals, nine assists, but it's really, you know, the impact you had away from the puck that really stands out and how he gelled with, you know, Calder Trophy winning Moritz Sider in his sophomore season that really stood out. I mean, Jake Wolman, when he was acquired from St. Louis last season at the trade deadline, you know, I remember Jay Fresh tweeted out a card and said, this is a guy who's like a micro analytic freak. Like he played a lot of sheltered minutes with St. Louis, never really got an opportunity to show everyone what he has. And with Detroit, he could get that opportunity. And this last year after coming back off of, I think he had a surgery that he had to recover from, if I'm recalling correctly. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember every single detail about everything. I have a really bad memory to begin with. (laughs) Um, But he came back and like started off on the bottom pair and quickly began climbing the ranks until he was paired up with Moritz Sider on his left side. And, I mean, it speaks for itself. The entire fan base loves Jake Wallman, and he earned himself a three-year extension before the season was even over. Yeah, I mean, if we – and I think we did something along these lines, like right when the season ended. But if we were to, like, rank, like, players that had the most successful season – or, like, I guess we did letter grades, right? Like, we did letter grades on on – everybody on the roster for oh, the season and he was the highest mm-hmm. he was like the i think he was the only like bona fide a plus that we gave out and that's because he had like as far as expectations going into the year if that's your barometer i mean there's no one even close like he comfortably blew everybody out out of the water uh, if you're talking about best and biggest storylines from this previous season, Jake Wallman is number one. Like he yes. he is the biz- biggest success story in the 2023 20 or 2022 2023 season rather. Um, 
And it's a, I mean, it was just awesome to watch just as a wings fan, just seeing a, a player that no one really anticipated would be in the future plans for the team or anything like that. Just play his way into that conversation and end up at the top pair. But B, I mean, we talked about it with cider last week. He was vital to Murat cider, like cider's production. Uh, you know, like we'll talk about Wallman's production. He had a solid season. He, he had 18 points, nine goals, nine assists, nine goals from a defense and uh, from a defenseman will gladly take. Um, he, he has the ability to drive the offense. He's so, he's sound defensively. Like we, we love what he brings for sure. Um, and, and I think a large part of what, of a, another part, I guess I'll say of what people like about him so much is that he plays perfectly alongside the franchise defenseman, right? Mm-hmm. So like he, he does everything that this team needs like this. He, he is the perfect fit over there on the left side at the top. And I have a trivia question for you. Okay. Uh, The Detroit Red Wings only had four players who ended the season with a positive plus minus. Yeah. Do you want to take a stab at who those four may be? Uh, Well, obviously Wallman. If we're talking about Wallman, Wallman's going to be the guy. Correct. Um, Shoot. Dylan well, I Martin. guess technically they ended the season with three because Heronic is up here and he obviously did not end the season with the team. So that I'll give you Heronic's like two, two, there's two left. Okay. Dylan Larkin? Uh no. Dylan yeah, Larkin. He played a lot ended, of minutes. I don't even know where Larkin is. Dylan Larkin has a minus seven. Yeah. Oh, this is tough, man. It is tough. I'm trying to think. Pew Suter. Pew Suter. Not a bad pull, minus three. Very close to that uh, that zero. Andrew Cop. Andrew Cop plus two. Okay, so one more. Uh, Philip Zadina. <laughs> oh no! So I think Zadina's. No, it's not. Zadina. <laughs> I that one I was just pulling that one out of my hat. I had no idea. I the, just give it to me. I don't know. The last one is I can't believe that of all the ones you didn't get is Michael Rasmussen with a oh, plus two. The dog. So my point being is that, and we, I feel like we use plus, we say plus minus a lot. And every single time we're like, but this stat sucks. And like, that's it probably not fair to like cite it as often as we do, but like talk about how stupid it is. My point is when, when saying the stat is dumb, Jake Wallman had the best plus minus on this hockey team last mm-hmm. season. He had a plus 10. It was number one. That does not that's make Jake Wallman the best player on the team, I guess is, my point when when comparing and contrasting players with plus minus, but it is worth noting, and I don't think that it's for nothing that he had the best. I mean, and, and when you're talking about again, like if you move Heronic away because he didn't end the season on the team, the the second best plus minus on this entire team was Cop and Rasmussen, who had a plus two. <laughs> Walman had a plus ten, right? So like he he was, and once that switch with Cider was made, that's obviously when. Uh, we saw a huge uptick in production, not only from just the the production of the Detroit Red Wings, but from Cider as well. I just I think he he is the the perfect fit for where this team is at right now to play alongside of the top pair. Well, and allow me to compound that, like because yes, plus minus it it it's nice in this instance because it kind of supports our argument, right? But allow me to compound right. it. Whatever with stuff supports that, the narrative. What exactly? Allow me to compound it with stuff that we have a little bit more weight to. So. Mort Sider and Jake Wallman played 640 minutes 
at five on five this season. They're, they are the pair that played the most together uh, for Jake Wallman's sake. That is uh, Jake Wallman played with Mort Setter more than he played with anyone else at five on five. And they had an expected goals for percentage of 51.34% at five on five. Just to remind you guys, expected goals for percentage is basically the quality shot attempts for versus against. And so if you're over 50%, that means your team is generating more quality shot attempts for than against when that pair is on the ice. As a pair, they had a 51.34 percentage. As a player on his own, Jake Wallman, in 63 games played at five on five, had an expected goals for a percentage of 52.31. So on his own and paired with Moritz Sider, he was a positive asset on the ice. And relative, so on the ice versus off the ice at five on five, Jake Wallman was like a 7.37 accumulative across the season. And I think a 0.3 given every 60 minutes. So basically what all that means, all those numbers I just threw out you guys means that when Jake Wallman is on the ice, the team produces more quality shots for than faces. That means he's good defensively, which we already knew. And he's good offensively as well, which we already knew he's helped produce his offense and he helps shut down the other team's offense. That's basically what everything that I just read you mean. Now, in terms of predicting his future, Scotty, because we haven't even done talked about his 2024. We've only talked about his 2023. Right. Can he sustain this level, or is this kind of a flash in the pan? I think his play style is, is not really a, a flash in the pan style. I, I do think that uh, there might be some fluctuation on like the pure goal scoring. Like that's kind of hard to predict from a defenseman, right? Especially when he's not the the defenseman that's going to have his puck on the stick the most out of the pairing, right? Like that mm-hmm. might be something to to argue about. Like he he ended last season with nine goals. That was again tied with Heronic for the most goals scored by a defenseman on the team last year in sixty three like, games. Right, right. And Heronic was in 60s, to be fair to him. So, like, yeah. same same kind of premise. But, like, yes, like, he, he played significant, you know, obviously much less than than Cider and and, and Sherrod, et cetera. And um, he he had, yeah, again, tied for the most goals on the team. So, like, is it, it my question is more, maybe it's more of a rhetorical question, but, like, the, what I have a hard time predicting going forward is what is the consistent goal scoring number going to be year in and year out? Not as much like, oh, is this going to be a good fit long term or, or is, is he going to have those good underlying numbers that you just laid out? I think he's a perfect fit for Cider. I have zero worries about next season us having a conversation around like, Oh, like it, you know, is Wallman like a bad fit? Like, look, like he, you know, the, 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 whatever top line or the offense when he's on the ice isn't producing anymore. Like I don't really have those worries. The the only question I have is just is like 10 goals. Like really, I mean, in only 63 games to your point too, like over a course of a full season is, is 10 goals really like a, a 10 to 12 goals really a sustainable thing from him. Uh, I think so. I, I think so. I think without a doubt, because, and let me give you this, his, his expected goals above replacement at even strength offense this year was significantly higher than his actual result, his actual goals above replacement, which would indicate that given how his play style was feeding, he should have had more points than he did. He only ended up with, like you said, 18, nine and nine. He's a 92 percentile defenseman, Scotty, this past year in 63 games played. Like that's how good he is. Here's his, here's his player card. I know we got to wrap up this conversation and move on to our break, but he's just, there's a lot to break down with Jake Woolman. I mean, the fact that he was a 74 percentile offense 
and 95 percentile defense. And the fact that that offensive rank is measured off his actual, not his expected, like look at that expected goals above replacement. It is above nine yet. His actual is like two, right? That would indicate that as good as he was defensively, offensively, he should have produced even more results given the type, how good he was playing. So I would think that not only can he replicate this, I think he can improve on it. I'm going to go out and limb and say, Scotty, I don't think 15 points is out of the realm of realty uh, realism for Jake Wallman this season. 15, 15 goals or 15 points? goals, sorry, yeah. 15 goals. And then let's just say like 20 assists that 35 points. It's not asking for a lot. And, and when you, it's just a lot of goals I'm asking for, but I think 15 goals out of Jake Wallman this season is, is completely in the realm of realism. I don't disagree with you. Yep. Uh, Scott, do you have any final thoughts on Jake Wallman before we move on to this quick break? And then Alex Lyon. Uh, no, he's just an absolute dog and I love him. We do love Jake Wallman. Uh, but first I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on the Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. Scotty, who are you picking to win the Super Bowl? (laughs) Goodness. um, The Detroit Lions. That a boy. That was the the correct answer to say. (laughs) Uh, This is our year. You can bet uh, your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. We're talking about what we were talking about, Jake Wallman. We're going to move on now and talk about Alex Lyon, uh, one of the goalies that Steve Eisenman picked up in the offseason. Signed to a two-year deal, uh, Alex Lyon was. Had a great regular season with the Florida Panthers. Kind of fell apart in the playoffs. Sergei Borowski to- took over and just was got red hot, carried them all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I think... If you ask me off rip Scotty where Alex Lyon's going to be playing this season, I probably would say in Grand Rapids. He'll probably be the starter in Grand Rapids. But the main question I have then is, can he push for the backup gig in Detroit? It's going to be Vili Huso and James Reimer, who going into camp are going to be the presumed goaltenders at the NHL level. But Alex Lyon has proven that he can play really well at the NHL level, even though it was just one season. He was damn good in that season for them and really helped them make the playoffs. Can he do that and prove to the Detroit Red Wings, like, hey, I deserve a look on your roster as well? Yeah, you know, I I think this is a situation where if everything goes right for the Detroit Red Wings this year, in a, in a perfect world, if everything goes the way that the Wings want it to go this season, then in a year from now, no one will ever remember the fact that Alex Lyon was a Red Wing because his hockey reference page will not have him playing a single game this season at the NHL level. And that's not like a, a, a slight at him. That's the situation that, that the wings are currently in. I think that he is the safety valve. Now I'm very glad that he's here and I'm very glad that we have a safety valve because we haven't in years. If you look at just the last two seasons, especially 
right? And and you start talking about the the goaltender situation and how quickly it has thinned out in each of the last two years. We were begging for some sort of safety valve option, not somebody who was going to come in and obviously be like a Vesna win or anything, but just someone to, to come in and, and put bubble gum on a leaky pipe, <laughs> like just someone to stop the, the scoring for a night, maybe, you know what I mean? Like just, just someone who had the ability to be even an average NHL goaltender. And, and that's something that again, like the last two seasons, this organization has desperately needed. So I fully expect him to get a few starts, probably somewhere between like two to seven starts, you know, at a, at a minimum, just because like injuries happen and whatnot. Um, but I, I mean, his, his role, I mean, back to your, you know, one of your original questions there, like, I, I don't think that going into camp, anyone is going to be of the mindset that, uh, like if this dude balls out, maybe he's the backup goalie on opening night. I, I, I just think it's Reimer. And I think that that's kind yeah. of it. It would, um, it would have to be like Reimer really, or who sort of like really, you know, poops the bed and Alex Lyon balls out for that. And to have to be like, okay, well, this is how it has to be. Right. I, I, I think that this is a, a, an in-season safety valve option that if one of those two really struggles, right? Like we have a Ned situation again, or if there's a serious injury to one of them, then now we have a guy who we are a lot more comfortable throwing out there. If he's going to end up starting, you know, 20 games than anybody we've had over the last two seasons to do the same thing. I, I think He'll, uh, he'll play a majority of his games in Grand Rapids. I think he'll start the season in Grand Rapids. And I think it'll be kind of a, a an on-call basis. But I'm very glad the signing happened. I'm very glad he's here. And it's it's something that this organization, like, very badly needed. So, like, good on him and, and good on the front office. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think Alex Lyon is a safety net for the Detroit Red Wings because they got caught last season, you know, with their pants down. They didn't have anyone to support Huso. And obviously, you know, they didn't think Nedeljkovic, they might have thought Nedeljkovic wasn't the answer, but they didn't think he would be like right. as bad as he was. And then they get picked up Magnus Helberg out of desperation and he was not any better. This was a move to shore up and make sure that that didn't happen again. And now I, I kind of started off talking about Alex Line and he basically did, he really did help the uh, Florida Panthers make the playoffs, but he did only play 15 games this season. He had a 9-14 save percentage in 15 games this last season with the Florida Panthers. But the bulk of those games, with the exception of six of them, so the second half of the 15 games he played, game 7 through 15, was at the end of the season when you know their goaltending situation kind of fell apart. They had to call Alex Lyon up to finish it off, and he was great in that span. And I what it wasn't a exaggeration to say that he helped seal them a playoff spot. Yeah. They barely did, but he did help seal them. Now in the playoffs, he fell apart, but his nine fourteen save percentage in those 15 games played was good enough for 11th in the league at goal saved above expected. I'm sorry, 17th in the league. He was 17th in the league at goal saved above expected at 11.02. That's where the 11 came from. His goal saved above expected was 11.02 for 17th in the league. But again, you know, preface that, sample size has a lot to do with that. You know, given more games, he probably drops. But when the chips were down and the team's back was against the wall and they had to make the playoffs, he showed up. In the playoffs, not so much. Same gripe can be said about Philly Huso. That's why I'm not getting too excited about the signing of Alex Lyon. 
He had a great stint at the end of last season to help the Florida Panthers make the playoffs. But overall, do I think he is going to really make a push and be a threat for the backup role? No. I think he's going to be the starter in Grand Rapids, and he'll be the third-string goalie. And you know what? Maybe he will provide a little bit of heat on the heels of Reimer and Husso to motivate them to continue to play better. But I think I, I, I stand by with where he is on the depth chart on cap friendly. I think the number one goalie in Grand Rapids is what he is. Because if you look at his career statistics, you know, this past season was a little bit of an, an anomaly for him. 15 games played with the Florida Panthers is the most games he's ever played with any team he's been with. He's played with the Florida or the Philadelphia right. Flyers for four seasons. He had 11, two, three, six games played. And then two games, the Carolina Hurricanes. And, you know, his save percentage has been largely in the high 800s uh, for those short stints with each team. So, you know, the history, I think, speaks more than getting hot at the right time with the Florida Panthers last year. So that's why, overall, I think Alex Lyon is going to be the number one goalie in Grand Rapids, which is, again, no problem with that because he provides a very important safety net feature if injuries or production or, I guess, play becomes an issue for the two goalies in the NHL. Yeah, 100%. Cool. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about David Perron. I love me some David Perron. Uh, so stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Let's talk about David Perron, Scotty. And what? the bulk of his conversation, uh, he's, he's, I love David Perron. I loved the signing when they made it, and I loved him last year. I know he went on a pretty big gold drought for a while there. It was pretty snake bitten, but he did finish with the second best uh, points on the team. What was it 50-something points? 56 points with the Detroit Red Wings. Second best on the team. Not saying a whole lot. Let's be honest. Your second best forward only had 56 points, but he did play all 82 games played at age, like, what, 34 years old? 35. That was his age 35 season. Uh, 24 goals, 32 assists. He was great in the corners. Great guy uh, for protecting the puck. He's super good at protecting the puck. Uh, hard to knock him off of it. And his production has been largely consistent throughout his entire career. I mean, you look since 2017 until now, and like, so we're talking like late 20s into his now mid 30s. It's been 46 points, 66 points, 46 points, 60 points, 58, 57, 56. Like, he is a lock for 45 or more points every single year, which is phenomenal for a guy who's probably going to end up playing more middle six this year at the Detroit Red Wings, but can play top line minutes and will be a threat on the power play. Scotty, David Perron, the main question I have is, will his production continue as he continues in his mid-30s? I mean, we, we haven't seen any reason to think that it won't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that that's kind of one of those, uh, until we are proven otherwise, I think we just kind of write him in for 45 plus. And now, does that mean that he's going to get, you know, like, 55 to 60 every year no but I, I i i've seen nothing from peron over the last two years that would lead me to believe that if he plays a full season he's just gonna like fall off a cliff and not be productive anymore and you already kind of highlighted some of his strengths you know puck control is obviously a big one um and i, I think that he's a really good example i had a similar comment with uh with fabry but i i think that Perron is is really a a good example of the growth that this team has seen over the last couple of years, right? Like when he first came in, 
it, it was, I mean, we talked about it when the signing happened, like, you know, he's going to be a top six forward. He's, he's going to be really productive on the power play. And uh, he's, he's probably going to be on the first unit there. And all of that came true. And he played all 82 games and he's awesome. Uh, so he's done like, like he had 56 points, the second most points on the team. He's done nothing like wrong. And yet this year we're having a conversation about him being a middle six forward. And yeah. I think that that is just a testament more to how much growth this team continues to see and how much better the expectations are, not only for this team, but just the pure talent on the roster is. I think this is a weird season when compared to last year, I guess, where like if David Perron finishes second on the team in points again, something went terribly wrong. But like last year, he finished second on the team in points and we considered last year a successful season. So like, I, I think that he's a great like baseline or like kind of barometer of like how many players on this team are going to have better seasons than David Perron because last year it was only Dylan Larkin. And I, oh, at least in the forward core, you know, we can't really use points for the defenseman, but like you, you get the point I'm trying to articulate. Like, I, I think that that is, is really the biggest thing here. So yeah, I don't expect his production to, to like fluster at all. I, I, very much expect him to get uh, like second line minutes pretty consistently. Maybe, you know, maybe if, if there's certain opponents or sets that call for him to move lower, I guess maybe, but like for the most part, I, I assume he's going to be penciled in there on the second line and be really productive and, and be another kind of just like steady, consistent for forward on this young up and coming team. That's trying to get over the hump. Yeah, I think David Perron, and going into the last year of his contract, I think that there's going to be a conversation about, you know, trade deadline. Obviously, it's going to depend on where the Red Wings are at, because if they're genuine, genuinely trying to make that next step, then you would hope that playoffs it, you, are in the picture and you don't have to trade away an asset like David Perron. But I think David Perron is like the perfect veteran for this young team. He's everyone loves David Perron. They call yeah. him a loud mouth. They say he talks too much. Maybe he's a little bit of a crap starter. We don't actually know, but they love him in the locker room. Everyone knows that. Um, he obviously still produces on the ice. And he, if he's great in the locker room and he can help guide these young players, like that alone is just worth having him around. And the fact that he goes out there and he puts up 55 points and like if his production slides a little bit and it slides back to the mid forties, I'm, I can live with that because he's going to be 35 turning 36 this season. Mm -hmm. So it's going to fall off at some point, but he's been so consistent his entire career that I don't expect that to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it does, but I don't expect it to happen because David Perron played all 82 games last season. And on top of that, his expected goals for percentage, Scotty, was 49.84%. I like to say that if you're above 50, that's good because, again, that means that you're goals for or your expected quality shots your quality shots for are better than your quality shots against if it's above 50 if it's below then there's a slightly more and he was at 49.84 but he also played all 82 games no one above him on that list played all 82 games the most amount of games a player played that is above him on that list which by the way he's comes in seventh on the team because the team was pretty abysmal so being a hair below 50 percent is still pretty good for the red wings is Jake Wallman, who we were talking about in segment one, who had 63 games played. So he played 20 more games than Jake Wallman and just barely came in a hair under 50%. So I know I'm kind of pit pulling at straws there. You know, uh, that's not the right analogy. You know, pulling, not pulling at straws. 
What's what the word I'm trying to look I don't even know what you're trying to say. No, there's like a... Like a straw man argument, I guess. Oh, a straw man fell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I, I'm kind of nit, like not nit, guess positively nitpicking. I'm drawing a complete blank, a uh, blank, and I'm just ruining my point. But like I you're know that to, I, right now you're trying to fit your narrative, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am, and that's literally what I'm doing. But for him to be 49.84, having played all 82 games with the Detroit Red Wings on a team that overall, as a team, their expected goals for percentage was well below 50. percent Right. means that he was a positive asset out there. That's the narrative I'm trying to assert. Sure. And well, I firmly that's believe true it. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just couldn't remember the analogy. Somebody in the comments will tell me what I was trying to say. Like not pulling it. No clue. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to grasping at straws, grasping at straws. Isn't that's that what, what you is. said. No, say, I'll say it said picking at straws and that's not right. Oh, okay. I thought you said grasping at straws and then you were like, oh, I'm trying to say something else. No, I know it seems as if I'm grasping at straws with that statistic. Um, But like I said, with the team's overall expected goals for percentage being below 50%, him being at seventh with 49.84 being a hair below that 50% means that he was still better than the majority of his team. And then, of course, you just look at his point totals. He was a power play, like power play wizard, again, with the puck possession, super good at like, protecting that puck getting into the corner. He's a wizard with that power play shot. Just, I love David Perron and everything he brings. And so overall, my prediction for David Perron in the 2024 season is I would expect similar production. Wouldn't be surprised if it slid a little bit due to age, but overall I I would expect more of the same with David Perron. And I think that's perfect. I think he'll probably slide in on the second line. Wouldn't it be surprised if he falls under the third line? I also wouldn't be surprised if he falls up into the top line. So he'll be somewhere in that top nine regardless. 100%. So, uh, Scotty, any final thoughts? I know I rambled there because I couldn't figure out what I was trying to say, but we got there. We got there. No, I don't think so, man. I I, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think Perron's pretty fascinating. I'm just really excited for Jake Wallman. Like, I'm I'm really excited to to see. Like, this is... You know, last we talked about the production uptick last year and how good he looked last year. Last year, he played like the first third of the season. He was either like not playing at all or was playing on the bottom pair. Like this is like, this is like right now he's penciled in to play 82 games as a top pairing defenseman. Like I'm really, really excited about what kind of production Jake Wallman can give over a full year at the, you know, leading the team in uh or second on the team probably in ice time next to Moritz Sider. Like that's that's gonna be a, a really, really fun pair. I'm, it's I'm an really exciting time to be alive, man. Like and again to go back to the David Perron thing, his expected goals for per sixty minutes was 0.52 and his expected goals for percentage in general was five point two five. So if you take away like the overall numbers and you look at like game by game per sixty yeah. minutes, like he was a positive asset on the ice. So narrative pushed. Love some narrative ball, baby. There we go. And just to, again, recircle back to what you were just talking about with Wallman, I'm pumped for him. I'm so pumped. So pumped. Him and those eyebrows. Whew. Oh, yeah. He and Fabry, man. Those are some caterpillars up there. He better hit. Yeah, for real. He better hit the gritty this season. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I think the, ca- the gritty is going to be out of style by then. We'll have a new dance. I don't care. He should still hit the gritty. What if he goes old school and like whips and nanas on the ice? <laughs> It's crazy when I was Nene, a kid. The Nene's old school. Don't ever do that again. Huh? <laughs> stop. Please stop. Oh, uh, all right. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, oh, uh, we're, we're gonna end it there. 
this uh what a mess of a third segment this was huh <laughs> there's a lot of fun though uh any final thoughts man we ball we ball we'll be back with a new episode on wednesday so stay tuned i'm still on vacation time clearly my mind's still on vacation <laughs> all uh, right buddy it was fun it was a lot of fun it's fun. always fun scotty same time same place it's your team every day every day